Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. And this is Getting Rich After Divorce. We're two divorced women who decided the best way to get rich was to embrace our entrepreneurial spirits and build our own business. To us, rich means the money in your bank account, but also the quality of your life, your experiences, and your personal well-being. You're here to overcome doubt, fear, burnout, and finally get unstuck to build a business you love and makes you rich. You also want to learn how to do all of this while navigating the challenges divorced women face. If that's you, stick with us. You're in the right place. Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. And you are listening to Getting Rich After Divorce, a podcast for divorced women building their own businesses. And today we're talking about a business and leadership tool and framework that has been used for many thousands of years. And that tool is astrology. Yeah, this is a fascinating tool for me. I didn't know a ton about astrology until um, I started hearing Lee talk about it and what she was doing with it and how she was using it. And it really is fascinating and it's a powerful tool to use in both your personal and business life. Um, So Lee, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about how you initially became interested in astrology? Well, it, it, it wraps around my divorce. I felt like suddenly everything in my life was going wrong including me. Like I didn't even like my own behaviors. And I'm like, who am I? I don't even understand who I am anymore. And, you know, and and what's going on with my husband, you know, and what's going on with the situation. And it just felt weird. Like I had entered the twilight zone. And so it was around the new year and I happened to do something I never really did up until that point. And that was to look at my forecast for the following year, you know, because that's a big time when astrologers will put out like your 2023, you know, forecast or whatever. This this was, of course, over a decade ago. But um, so I, I looked at my forecast and the, the particular site that I had pulled up was the kind of site where it was even not even originally written in English. It was some kind of translation. So culturally, that means it was very different from, you know, say the. United States. And also astrology in general can be quite cruel. You know, astrologers, depending on the astrologer, they can be quite cruel and cold in the way they deliver what that person is seeing on a chart. And this was very cruel and cold and judgmental at a time when I was really vulnerable. So what happened to me is I just got extraordinarily angry. And I guess I'm weird when I get angry because when I get really, really, really angry, I, I decided that I would never again look at somebody else's forecast for me. And that if I needed astrology, I would need to teach myself how to do it. So if I felt like I really needed to consult the stars, I should just know how to do it myself. Yeah, I, I love that. And um, I, I can so resonate with what you're saying, you know, just in the little bit of dabbling I've done, like reading um, horoscopes and checking, I'm an Aries and going to check in what they say about Aries. You can really feel when somebody is like highlighting the positives 
you know, and the good things that are ahead of you, as opposed to sharing with you, like, oh, beware, you know, don't do this and making it really gloomy with what they see. So you really can um, emphasize whatever piece of it that you want. I can see, I can see that. I love that. So how did you start using astrology? So once you were able to kind of read your charts, like how did you use it in your personal life to start with? Well, it's, it's funny in the beginning, I didn't so much, I was just learning it and I became fascinated by in studying it, how um, it used mythology and all these sort of um, larger ideas in psychology and human history uh it's it's really more Jungian or the way I was studying it I went to a school that was it was like a distance training with a school in London and so I didn't realize how psychological it was and so at first I was just fascinated by all the symbolism and all that and I didn't even really think of using it for me it took me a long time to even think of using it for me oddly and then suddenly people wanted to pay me for it. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not, I was just doing this because I was mad, you know, I'm just, I'm going through a divorce and I'm angry. So, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm the person to do your chart, but people just started pushing money at me. I'm like, please, please, please. And then they wanted to know how to use it. And then I was like, holy cow, I don't, I, I have no idea. You know, let me, let me, that. let me study that a little bit more because I'm not sure what to say to these people who want me to do this. It's not, it was never my intention to become an astrologer. So it's really only, um, I would say after I kind of stopped doing professional astrology and started coaching, I noticed that some of the businesses that were really successful in the coaching industry, um, would start their programs or their campaigns on a new moon. And they would end their campaigns or end their programs on a full moon. And I'm like, huh, isn't that interesting? Because I happen to know about astrology, I noticed that some really successful businesses are using the moon cycle, if nothing else. Yeah, I, I like, because it's, it's like they're using, they're not talking about it necessarily no, not no, advertising no. that this is no. what they're doing or why they're making those business decisions. So, um, yeah, I mean, we definitely use it in our business. You know, yeah. we try to be intentional about, um, what the astrology and the energy of the moment is to focus it. So I can see that on a business, but what I say, when people think about how would I use astrology, yeah, yeah. um, can you just talk about like, if your energy is doing this way, like, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know, like when you started doing it for yourself. Right. Okay. So when I started really understanding how, because astrology is way more than the moon, of course, it's, it's our whole solar system plus, you know, um, plus. <laughs> and uh, for example, one big thing that's happening right now in 2023 that everybody can start to pay attention to is Pluto. Pluto um, moves through a chart extremely slowly. So for example, Pluto's been in the area of the sky that has to do, and and this is by Western astrology. There's some stuff I'm going to say that won't sync with Eastern astrology. This is Western astrology. So um, on a chart, Pluto right now has been since uh, 2009 in Capricorn. 
And so if everybody could think back to 2009, 2010, 2011, what were some of the bigger changes in your life at that time that really um, reshaped your life and put you on a completely different track? Um, that gives you the idea of the power of Pluto. And right now, Pluto is um, on the threshold of moving out of Capricorn. So it's been, you know, that was like a 15, 14, 15 year stretch of time there that I just talked about. That, that was um, how slow Pluto is in a chart. And now it's moving into area of your, each person's chart that um, is where Aquarius is. And for each individual, based on the time you're born, it will show up in a, a place on your chart that determines how it will be impacting you. So places on the chart include things like your business, your love life, your children, your home life, um, and, and mon your money. And so depending on the time of your birth, uh, Pluto's gonna be entering some new area for you. And um, so it, 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 this is getting to your question, Mimi. So in terms of how I would use it, if I understand what Pluto is doing to me and I understand what Pluto wants and I understand the likelihood of what it's gonna do, then I can make decisions every single day. Do I wanna go with a negative um, reaction to Pluto or a positive reaction to Pluto? What's being asked of me here? Um, and it's always, with Pluto, it's always about transformation. So if it enters, like the, for me, it was in the area of children since 2009. And that's around the time my mirror started to fall apart. And, and boy, oh boy, has, you know, the children area of my chart been tested over and over again um, since 2009. But with Pluto, just so people know, in case it's sounding scary and bad, uh, it's about the redemption cycle. So if you think of any religious idea of redemption and rebirth, uh, that's what Pluto is looking for, is rebirth over and over again through wherever it is. So in a business, if you looked at your chart and you saw that Pluto was going to go through your area of money, you would see that you're going to be tested in terms of how you manage your money, how you continue to bring in revenue. And the, the thing you need to know about is you need to stay above board. Um, Pluto can show criminal behavior. Um, so you want to always do things the right way. When, if Pluto's in your money zone, you want to do everything right. And uh, you also want to know to have hope because there's this redemption rebirth cycle. So just when something looks dark, uh, if you keep doing the right stuff, it's likely to have this rebirth cycle over and over and over. And eventually you'll learn all the stuff you need to learn to make it not go into a dark cycle. So I don't know if that makes sense to everybody. Mimi, did that sound really confusing to you? Because <laughs> I just went no, on. I think it was really clear. I ha I'm going to have to go back and listen for a little bit because you said, think back to 2009 and 10. So I was like sitting back in my mind. Um, so like, what that, like, think of you, like you're like, what new cycle started for you at that time? And then look at how you've grown over the last. So what happened around that time? I know. I was just like, First thing here because I left the corporate world in 2008 yes. and um, partnered with a couple of really dear friends that sort of taught me how to 
start and form and create my first business. And in 2009, in March of 2009, I went out on my own for the first time in my own business. So it was like, um, obviously totally transformed my life. I've worked for myself and been independent ever since. So I definitely want to go back and have you look at my chart for 2009 and, and see, but, um, Yeah. And I think it was really clear, like the way you use it is to see the influences that it's having so that you set yourself up for success. So if it's, you know, if, if Pluto is in your money cycle, oh, well, this is when I need to stop saying, I'm going to get my finances in order and putting it on the back burner and saying, okay, good. This is the impetus I need to get that task done and get it all set up. So I think that was perfect. Good. Okay. Because one of the things was like, if you're new to astrology and you're starting your business and you think, oh, I'd like to sort of incorporate some astrology. Uh, I mean, we still make sound business decisions, not you checking the charts for everything that we do, right. but it is just another tool in our toolbox of things that we, that we work with. So if somebody is just getting started, what would you say would be a great thing for them to look at? Don't, don't, well, the new moons, I think are great times to start things. Great times to start things. Don't start your business. Don't do any kind of start activity during a Mercury retrograde. That's one thing being an astrologer. Again, I'm like a casual astrologer for myself. I, I rarely look at my chart. And there were some times in our business when we were starting things under a Mercury retrograde with, and they did not go well. And so I would say to people, don't do a big launch. Don't, don't start your company. Don't get your domain name under Mercury retrograde. If you want it to stick and you don't want to go back and redo everything um, and have to rethink everything, don't do it during a merger. <laughs> just, just map those out on, you can look them up easily. They'll, you know, just look up Mercury retrogrades for 2023 and you can find the beginning and end dates and you don't want to skate too close to the beginning and end date either. You'll, because there's something in astrology called a shadow period. So you want to kind of steer, give give those Mercury retrogrades a wide berth for any starts. Though they are good times for business though, because they're times when you can go behind the scenes and rewrite your manuals, your workbooks. You know, if you offer educational materials, it's a great time for writing and rewriting. So if you have a blog, it's a great time to go back and rethink your blog or, you know, with us for a podcast, it would be a great time to go behind the scenes and how do we want to envision this next season kind of thing. So you can use those times to really uh, dig, dig deep and do some behind the scenes work. But my biggest things would, I think one of my biggest cautionary notes for people, just don't start anything under Mercury retrograde, get those dates on your calendar and memorize them. And then new moons are great times, unless it's in a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> if it's in a Mercury retrograde phase, um, then about, there are about three of them per year. Um, but a new moon, not in a Mercury retrograde phase, perfect time to start something big. And it's more likely to go well. Yeah, that's funny that you brought up Mercury retrograde. Anytime I was having like total tech meltdowns and everything was failing, he's like, oh, wow, well, we're in a Mercury retrograde. And I was like, ah. I know. he's like, tech stuff just goes haywire. 
They're just super um, annoying. It's just a really super, but there, but you can do, um, like Mimi and I just used a mercury retrograde phase at the beginning of the year to uh, re retool a program that we had been creating and um, beta testing. And then we wanted to go and kind of polish it up and get it, you know, the best we could. That was a perfect way to use that time. And so I feel like it, it will feel, we'll always feel about it. Like that was such a productive time. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Cause that was, um, one of the things I was going to say, you know, like to talk a little bit about how we use astrology in our business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even the negative sounding astrology, you can use it as a positive, like the Mercury retrograde, you can use it to do. And Pluto, um, a lot of astrologers are very doom and gloom about Pluto. Um, It's like an old and lazy, I'm just going to go ahead and say lazy way to do astrology and not very enlightened way to do astrology. It's not like I'm so enlightened. It's just that I've learned from people who are really, really insightful. And so, um, you know, I'm just kind of a student still, but um, Pluto can be put out there by, I would say, lazy astrologers as this darker, they call it a malefic, which sounds horrible, sounds like, gosh, you know, just don't even tell me about that. But if I look at the journey I traveled with my children over the last uh, 14 years, it's just pure gold, you know, it's pure gold. And what I've learned and how I've learned to be a parent is pure gold. Even though it wasn't always easy, there definitely were some major tests, some major tests going on. But would I trade it? I mean, I, I would never wish that bad things would happen. You know, that, you know I, I, that goes a little too far, but it's hard to know what would have happened if that hadn't happened. So I would say I, I wouldn't trade it because there's such, such good that's come out of it um, that I don't think I would trade it. And so in a business, if you see Pluto coming up, like for um, our business, Pluto, you know, because you can you can do a chart for your actual business. Um, For our business, her genius, Pluto's on our midheaven. That's an excellent place to have Pluto. Um, Yeah, it's excellent because Pluto, um, I'm talking a lot about Pluto just because it's the biggest thing happening in 2023. Um, for everyone and so maybe people can start to feel you can feel kind of where your Pluto is or Saturn but anyway um, Pluto has two sides to it it's like a double-sided coin and on one side is fear the other side is power so what Mimi probably and I will feel over and over again (laughs) for the next 20 years Mimi um, if if her genius is still going in 20 years um, is um, that we might start to get fearful and then we realize actually we have way more power than we thought. Yeah, that's, that's the continual cycle with it, with Pluto is trying to find ways out of the fear and into your sense of empowerment. And so for us and our business, so for people listening, like if you can, um, like the way I did the chart for our businesses, it was just the day that we decided to um, buy the domain name. Because then you have an actual timestamp and a date and a place where you were. So you can cast a chart. So if, you, if people out there want to do a chart for their business, look where Pluto is, look where Saturn is, look where Jupiter is. Those are kind of the telling planets. Yeah. And I think I think the um, beautiful way that you use astrology and that we talk about astrology 
is that even if you aren't um, highly knowledgeable about it, you know, there are these just key pieces that you can pick out and utilize. So we have incorporated it into our membership and how we help divorced women take their business idea and conceive it into a business that they can roll out. So um, we do have a whole intensive that sort of talks about what um, and how you can use astrology because it's a tool. Like, so it's, why wouldn't you use it? Why wouldn't you take it? Even if you're not a hundred percent sure that this is, this is the thing. It's like, it's just another positive way to ensure success. It just to clarify for people who really are coming at it from a place of, I just don't really, is it a religion? Is, you know, because people have funny ideas that they don't really know. Um, and no, astrology is not, it has nothing to do with religion or, or even spirituality, although it makes you appreciate the solar system and the universe we live in and how interconnected we all are. But this is really, it, it is like using the farmer's, it's literally like using the farmer's almanac. The farmer's almanac is looking at signs that people have observed over many hundreds of years to that mean stuff. And this is just, this is a very ancient, many millennia old way of observing connections and causality. And there is something about the movement of the planets that shifts energies and likelihoods. It's just something we feel internally. It's a part of our natural world. So it's, and, and as Mimi said, it's just a tool. We don't, we don't consult astrology every single day. We're not obsessed with doing living and dying by it, but we will plan launches for new moons and we will try to avoid now from now on. Cause in the early days I wasn't, I'm again, I don't live by it moment to moment. So I did not prevent us from doing some stuff during a Mercury retrograde, but looking back, I'm like, no wonder it flopped, you know, no wonder, no wonder it was so messed up or the technology was so messed up. It's because it was all Mercury retrograde related, but it's a tool. And why not start if you could pick a day, if you're like, when should I hold my retreat or when should I start my ad campaign for that retreat or whatever it is you do in your business, why not pick a new moon? Like just if you're confused about what day to do it, I would just say, do it then. And then check for a mercury retrograde, avoid that. Like why, why ask for trouble? Um, this is millennia old observations and you can feel it when it's happening. So there's something to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we have this in, um, this is airing in March of 2023. Not sure when you guys are listening to it, but, um, because this is such a powerful month in the astrological world, uh, it'll be fun to watch, watch this month play out. Yeah. So if you do catch this in March of 2023, we'll put the links below to, um, come to a mini series, uh, we're hosting to help you actually map out your calendar. Uh, like we were saying, you want to look for the things to watch out for, look for the things to capture, like a new moon. And so we're doing a little mini series this March. So um, go to the link below to sign up. Uh, we'll be going all the way until like the third week in March. So um, even if you miss the first couple of weeks, you can come in for that. Yeah. And follow us because when we have these powerful times, um, astrologically, we'll be doing these types of events and 
and sharing them with you so you can start to incorporate it into your life and your business too. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Mimi, for the interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, I love talking to Lee about astrology. I just learn a little bit more every time. It's fascinating. It's a huge um, field of study and there's so much information out there and there's but she pulls up a chart I'm just like oh my gosh I don't even know what that is but if it's all pounding in Aries I'm like I hope that's all good stuff (laughs) Aries is like the darling of the zodiac yeah (laughs) um so awesome we will talk to you soon all right bye guys thank you for listening to getting rich after divorce We're so happy you were here. We truly value each and every one of you. Yes, um, we we sure do. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever you're catching us, whether it's on, you know, through a podcast platform or on YouTube. Uh, Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you feel you deserve that. Um, And and join our community so you get updates and, and stick with us.